Awesome. Thank you so much. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? So good to see your faces. How cool is this? I said in the video I'm looking forward to the word this morning and I am looking forward to the word this morning. I'm not used to preaching with a cord, so excuse me. Here we go. Let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you. We love prayer at Grace Church, don't we? Lord, we thank you for the word, Lord. We pray your word go forth, Father God. We thank you that your word does not return void, Father. And we thank you for truth that penetrates, Lord God. We pray for good soil, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. So Holy Spirit series, the first week we spoke about being led by the Holy Spirit, didn't we, if you remember back to then? I know it's a little bit far back, but if you re- we talked about slowing down long enough to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, you know, allowing him to have a voice in your life. You know, he's our friend. We talked about that and he's made himself a home within our hearts. And the question we asked ourselves is, are we being hospi- hospitable? I got that word out. Are we being hospitable? Thank you. (laughs) Are we being a good friend to the Holy Spirit? Or are we shutting down his voice and overriding the promptings of his voice? You know, always doing things our own way. Or are we being a good friend to the Holy Spirit? You know, we don't want to be that type of friend that always does things our own way. I want to go where I want to go and do what I want to do. Are we running at a pace or walking at a pace where we hear... And we're in tune with what the Holy Spirit says to us, like the Holy Spirit said to the disciple Philip, I want you to walk alongside that chariot. And he heard that and he did that. And then we saw miracles take place. He got chatting to the Ethiopian, the Ethiopian got saved and then there was a pool of water and he's like, let's get baptised and he got baptised. Miracles taking place when we're in tune with the Holy Spirit. And last week, Pastor Jacob preached an awesome word on on the power that's living inside of us, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the power to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all we could ever dare imagine or hope for, this power that's living inside of us. He spoke about this, this power that helps us comprehend the love of Christ. Do you know when we need the power of the Holy Spirit to understand God's love? We can't understand it in our human mindset. You know, how long, how wide, how deep, how high is the love of Christ? I'm glad you're joining us online this morning again in your PJs. I say that a little bit resentfully, don't I? I do love you guys. (laughs) One day I might wear my PJs to church anyway. I, I digress. Week one, we touched on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you remember. And if you've missed these sermons, I encourage you to go back and have a listen. Week one, we touched on the baptism on the Holy Spirit. And you do not want to miss next week. Pastor Jacob is going to be unpacking that some more and, uh, and, and explaining what it means to speak in tongues. If you don't understand that, you think it's weird like I did when I first got saved. It's like, don't get away from me. <laughs> you sound funny. Is that of the devil? He's going to talk about that and we're going to give people an opportunity to get baptised in the Holy Spirit. It's so important for your walk in Christ, so, so important. Giving your heart to Jesus Christ, getting water baptised, being baptised in the Holy Spirit is so integral to fulfil what God has called you to. And we've all got a personal calling upon our life. It's not just saved for people that get up and speak here with a microphone. Every single person sitting in this place has a call upon their life. And Jesus said to the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until you're filled with the Holy Spirit, until you're baptised with the power of the Holy Spirit. Not even the disciples could do what they were called to do. They needed to stay for the day of Pentecost where they got filled with the Holy Spirit to go and do all 
that God had called them to do. But this morning, what I want to focus on, so that's next week, and they're the last two weeks. It's like, come on, Mel, what are we doing today? So today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because I think sometimes, you know, that in all the fire and all the power that we can overlook the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is so integral. It's just as important. Um, You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day by Dr. Henry Cloud and uh, he's um, a brilliant guy. He's written many books. He's written the book called Boundaries, which is probably his most popular book. And if you haven't read that book or know about that book, I encourage you to get your hands on it. It's talking about boundaries in relationships, which is so important, boundaries in relationships. And, uh, but he was saying how everybody makes fun of people that are control freaks. We make fun of people that are control freaks, but we forget that God made us that way. You know, God wired us to have control. We are created in the image of God. And the problem is, he said, is when humanity fell, we wanted to be like God, And we wanted to be in control of everything. And he said, except that one thing that we were designed to control, which was to have self-control. And now self-control is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, someone knows it over there, faithfulness, they went to Sunday school, gentleness and self-control. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, so important, so integral. And it really, and if I think if we got really honest this morning, it's pretty fair to say that we all have room to grow in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And Dan's like, yeah. (laughs) You know, sometimes when you eat a piece of fruit, it doesn't taste very good at all. It's a little bit bitter, a little bit sour, a little bit bruised or it's rotten. You may even spit it out. And sometimes when people get close to us and the fruit of the Holy Spirit are not very evident, we taste a little sour, a little bitter, a little rotten. Can anybody relate or am I again exposing my issues in this house? (laughs) Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, we just read it but this is the Passion Translation. When you've been a Christian for a long time, new translations give you a new zeal (laughs) in the word. But anyway, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures. Who needs patience that endures? I see a few hands up this morning. Kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. We can never stop growing in these areas in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. They are meant to be limitless, never ending. There's no ending, limitless. And so the question is, or that you're asking, how do we do this? And as Jacob would say, I'm glad you asked. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you'll abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. 
and the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you, so you have these conflicting forces within you, are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation of the life of the spirit. And we spoke about that in, in week one, the battle of the flesh and the spirit. Verse 18, but when you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. How awesome is that? Soaring above it. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments. Yeah, you have, we have a few of them in our house. What are we arguing about? Nothing. Who cares where you put your toothbrush? Really? <laughs> It still bothers me though. (laughs) It's the flesh rising up. Resentment when others are favoured. Temper tantrums. Angry quarrels. Only thinking of yourself. Being in love with your own opinions. Being envious of the blessings of others. Murder. Uncontrolled addictions. Wild parties and all other similar behaviour. Wow. That's a lot in there. And I think it's pretty fair to say that we would all find ourselves in at least one of them. You don't have to put your hand up. You might find five, six, seven, I don't know. But I think it's pretty fair to say that there's at least one in there that we could all relate to. And to bring it even a little bit closer more to home, what about food? (laughs) I know, I have to throw it in there. Gluttony. Eating more than we need to. I've struggled with that over COVID. You know, Esau lost his birthright. Esau lost his birthright for food, didn't he? He swapped it. He gave away the blessing because he wanted some soup, I think it was. He gave away his birthright for some food because he didn't have self-control in this area. Hebrews 12, 16 says this, See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, you got your seatbelts on this morning. Who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. It's putting sexual immorality and gluttony, gluttony in the same playing field. All I'm saying is, is that we can all relate to those things that were just listed there. Paul has clearly shown us, if you like, the fruits of the flesh. Let's look at it like that. And so when you are operating in the above-mentioned things, we are clearly operating and being dominated by the flesh, which we know and just read offends and hinders the Holy Spirit. We don't want to offend. I know none of us sitting in this room want to deliberately, intentionally offend and hinder the Holy Spirit. I know I don't, but I find myself in that list. If I got really honest this morning, And Paul continues in verse 21. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? And so what he's talking about is because earlier he said this in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. He says this, let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. It's just freeing to hear that, isn't it? Just let that rest on your spirit right now. Just sit in that. 
Not partially, he hasn't set you free partially, but completely and wonderfully free. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We must always cherish this truth. So that truth that you just let sit on your heart just then, you must always cherish it. And stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. And so we've been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ and the power that he has given us. And then we see a key right there. We just read in Galatians 5.1. Here it is. We must stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. You know, being stubborn is normally considered a negative trait. And uh, you've got to watch out for the phlegmatics, the quiet ones, the easy, laid-back going ones. Sometimes I find them the most stubborn. Don't let them fool you. (laughs) The easy going, laid-back ones. They can really dig their heels in. But, you know, we're all stubborn, really, in our own way. But here we get to use it for good. Here we get to use it for good. To stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of the past to allow the fruit of the Spirit to be so evident in our lives and to allow the Holy Spirit to live freely within us, it comes back to choice. And I know that is so annoyingly simple, but it's what it is. It comes back to choice. It's simply saying no to the cravings of your self-life. It's denying the flesh. It's crucifying self. There's no other magic trick. Sometimes you wish, you know, like Naaman, just wave a little wand over me, wave your hand and, you know, and then I'll be healed. The Bible is very clear, Galatians 5.17, for yourself life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living freely within you. It comes back to choice, to stubbornly refuse going back into bondage. It hinders the Holy Spirit when we operate in the flesh It's a choice. It was a choice in the Garden of Eden. It was a choice right throughout the Old Testament. If we read in Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Choose life. And it's still a choice in the New Testament and it's still a choice for us today. We get to choose. Our free will has not been taken from us. And as much as God lays um, stuff out for us and he says to us, all I have is yours, all I have is yours, he says, even his son, Jesus Christ, as much as he does that, we still get to choose. We get to choose whether we accept his great love or not. It's a choice. And what Paul is saying is we are called and empowered to live a life of freedom, but don't use that freedom to make the choice to head back into being enslaved into sin. Galatians 5.13 says this, Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another. Servants of one another, expressing love in all that we do. 
And so we have a responsibility to say no to the things that our self-life craves. And just because we're under grace and not under the law doesn't mean that we can, you know, just give us an excuse to do whatever we like and then just ask for forgiveness later. It doesn't work like that. And Paul talks about that in the book of Romans and maybe that's a sermon for another day. But in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, it says this, Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. And so this is the stance that we need to take. You know, when we're stubbornly refusing to go back into the things of the past, we need to understand that we died and were buried with Christ and we were raised to life with him. So it's his power living in us. So our self-life is dead, it's buried, it's gone. It's not there anymore. And so when we are are refusing to go back into the things of our past, we need to come from this stance, from this mindset that we already have the victory. Pastor Jacob spoke about it last week. He says the old is gone, the new has come. Well, he didn't say, the Bible says. He said what the Bible said. The old is gone, the new has come. We are new creations in Christ. The old Jacob is gone, the old Mel is gone, the old Tracy is gone. Knock, knock, knock. The old Tracy is not there anymore. We're new creations in Christ. And you might think, well, I wasn't a rat bag like Mel and Jacob. (laughs) They got up to no good. I've been a fairly good person and I've made some fairly good choices. But we don't get to decide that because Jesus said, God said, we all fall short of the glory of God. God has given every single person a clean slate a clean slate. And so when we're refusing to go back into the things of the past, we come from that stance, from that clean stance, stance, the blood of Jesus Christ. And what's good for one is good for all. It's for everybody. He died for everybody to put us all on the same playing field and we all get to launch from there. And so what I'm saying is, is it's not like it's in your own strength that you're trying to stop to go back it, it, what i'm saying is is you have the power of the holy spirit and that is good news this morning it's the new you living now it's christ in you you're raised with jesus christ so good the victory is already won and so the flip side of this the flip side of saying no to the flesh you know, where we, we have, we, we uh, heard about it in week one, There's, we've got no obligation to it. It has no claim on us. Is saying yes to the things of God. But really, honestly, our focus should be more and our energy, we should be pouring more of our focus and energy into saying yes to the things of God. That's where more our focus needs to be. Galatians 5.16 As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. So the cravings of the self-life will become less and less as we keep saying yes to the things of God. I'll say that again. The cravings of the self-life will become less and less as we keep saying yes to the things of God. It'll, be, it'll start to fade away. We don't have to spend all our energy and focus and, and trying to say no because we're busy saying yes. 
Yes, God, I will tithe. You want me to tithe? Yes, God. You want me to serve? Yes, God. Do you like how that's the pastor's first one? You want me to tithe? Yes, God. God says it, not me. Do you want me to serve? Yes, God. Do you want me to join a connect group? Yes, God. Do you want me to get baptised? Yes, God. Do you want me to get filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, God. Do you want me to say sorry to that person, even though I don't think it's my fault? Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Do you want me to share my testimony? Yes, God. Do you want me to forgive that person? Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. You know, being a yes person is not always a good thing. When I first stepped into the senior pastor role, they tell me you don't want all yes people on your board, you know, and I don't have all yes people on my board, trust me. (laughs) But that's a good thing. So being a yes person is not always a good thing, but you can't go wrong with being a yes person with God. In fact, you have to be a yes person with God. Become a yes person with God. You know, our first words, aside from mama, dada, when we were babies, was no, wasn't it? No. And shaking your head. Who's got a toddler right now? A crystal, a little Alyssa, maybe. No. But at some stage, we need to grow past that with God and start saying yes. Start saying yes. Change the direction of your head. (laughs) Which way do we need to go that way? And I'm not saying it's always easy. I've got some stuff coming up very shortly that is way out of my comfort zone. Out of my comfort zone. But I'm saying, yes, God. I want to say no, but I'm saying, yes, God. Because I know the cravings of the self-life and my flesh rising up is going to fade away into the background as I keep saying, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. And so I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying you're going to always feel comfortable. I wish the next two weeks aren't going to happen, but they're happening. Time keeps ticking. And they're good things, don't get me wrong. It's just out of my comfort zone. You know, too many times we say no to what we should say yes to and yes to what we should say no to. Don't ask me to say that again. But as we yield to the Holy Spirit, as we surrender to the things of God, we'll begin to see more and more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit outworked in our life. We'll see more love, more joy, more peace. I need the help over here. More patience, more kindness. Who is it, Sharon? Goodness, faithfulness, school teacher, (laughs) gentleness, and self-control. Who needs more self-control? Get that food out of the way. Get the chocolate out of the cupboard. (laughs) Me and Adele. (laughs) Get the chocolate out of the office. Actually, Dan sorts it out. He just eats all the biscuits (laughs) and all the lollies. It's cleaned out. (laughs) Sorry, Dan. But as we walk more and more in step and in tune with the Holy Spirit, as we say no to the cravings of the self-life, as we say yes to the things of God, the more and more we'll see the outworkings of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I don't think we can talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit without talking about the vine. You know, earlier we talked about Uh, fruit tasting bitter, tasting sour, you know, it's just not quite right. And sometimes it's just because it needed more time on the vine, more time on the vine. It needed to be connected to the source a little bit longer. And it's the same with us as believers. We're tasting a little bit, you know, bitter, sour, got some things rising up in our hearts. John 15 verse 1 says this, I'm a true sprouting vine and the farmer, this is Jesus speaking, I am a true sprouting vine. And the farmer who tends the vine 
is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. You know, sometimes the pain and stuff in your life isn't always the devil. It's God doing something. He's pruning and cutting. You know, those gardeners, you know, you know you've got to cut things. I don't really know. <laughs> Maybe you can come sort our garden out. But you cut things, don't you, to, so it can... The words I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me. Life union. Don't you love that? Not one week this and then next week that. Life union. For I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. How cool is that? Fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown in the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. You know, some of us just need more time on the vine. We just need a little bit more time on the vine, spending time with Jesus Christ. You know, we need to be in God's word, allowing his words to transform our hearts and our minds, resting into his word. Being in church even, not all you guys, being in church, connected to his presence. And yes, God is everywhere. He is everywhere. But it's so easy to become polluted by this world so easy and we have a responsibility to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world jacob was sharing the other day how you have coals in a fire and if one of the coals gets separated from the fire what happens it eventually burns out it fades away it's just gone we don't want to be one of those believers we want to stay connected to the vine you know, some of us started out in God, hot and on fire, you know, and, and, and somehow or somewhere along the line, you know, through, through, through our journey in the serving and in the giving and in, in, in the, the distractions of this world, we find ourselves disconnected from the vine, disconnected from the vine. You know, you may be going through the motions, but religion means nothing. It's about a, a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. It's not about how much you serve or, or what it appears, what it looks like. It's your relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the living water. You know, when we drink from his well, we never get thirsty. Uh, Jesus said in John 4, 14, But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. Forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life, never-ending, no limit, endless. Religion means nothing. It matters if you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ and connected to him. His name is Jesus. John chapter 15, 16 to 17 says this, You didn't choose me, I chose you. And Ben, if you wouldn't mind coming up, that would be great. I'm not sure what the time is. 
you didn't choose me, I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. So Jesus made the first choice. Jesus made the first choice and he chose you. He made the first choice and he chose you. And the question this morning is, is will you keep choosing him? Will you keep choosing him? Will you keep saying yes to the things of God? You may have got a little bit distracted. You know, I know we've all just been through a massive season and you pop back up. It's like, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? What job do I do again? Shake your head. Get some clarity. Will you keep saying yes to the things of God? Will you continue to yield to the Holy Spirit? Will you continue to surrender to the plans that God has for your life? Will you accept the love of God? Agape love. Agape love is God's love. It's never ending. It's limitless. And as we accept God's love into our hearts, then that agape love goes forth to other people. And it never stops. So we receive it from him and then it goes to others. When we try and get that love from other places, it stops here and you're going to have some issues. But as you take that agape love and receive it in your heart and you're full up with God's love and then that pours out to other people, agape love. What will come out of you through the power of the Holy Spirit, this love that surpasses knowledge? God's love for others flowing through you. It's manifested by a joy that overflows. A joy that overflows. A peace that subdues. I love that. A peace that subdues. It's pretty peaceful in here right now. Patience that endures. You've got a tough situation right now. Someone being a pain in the neck. issue that you're just so over like honestly 10 15 20 years like really still still a patience that endures kindness in action a life full of virtue faith that prevails a gentleness of heart like jesus and a strength of spirit there's a strength of spirit in this church. Isn't there? Strength of spirit in this church. The Holy Spirit is our victory. Imagine as we all surrender and as we all yield freely to the Holy Spirit. The miracles, the salvations, the healing, the old mindsets broken the lies being kicked out of your head and replaced with God's truth, the freedom that you'll experience as we stubbornly refuse the self-life and the cravings of ourself. And then we focus all our energy to saying yes to God, allowing the Holy Spirit to rise up within us, a God's agape love in and through us out to others.
praise God. The list is endless. Why don't we just have a moment right now? Just why don't you talk to God? Ben's just going to play. Just have a moment with God right now. Let's sit in his presence for just a little bit. Just worship a little bit this morning. You can just stay seated if you like. Just talk to God. Have a moment with Him. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. surrender to you. I just want to sing Ben, the Holy Spirit. to be 